and welcome to Talking Stars, the July edition. And today we are previewing the July movies and looking back at the June movies that we may or may not have enjoyed. You will have to wait and see. And joining me, as always, is Mr. Damien Riley from the Damien Riley podcast. How do you do you do? Is it football Americano or football soccer? No, hablo do <laughs> Didn't Mexico move ahead? They are through. They've advanced oh, to the through. next round, which is two rounds further than America got. Mexico. Don't worry, Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un are having their own World Cup this year. They'll have to go in there and separate all those players from their children. Maybe that'll make a difference. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, we probably have conservative listeners, so, yeah, we 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 accept all kinds of... (laughs) How can you not these days, you know? And, of course, we have Kira for Film and TV 101. Did you hear that? Sort of. Did, <laughs> oh, did you I think Damien missed it? I did a I did a voice recording for my friend, and it just it sounded terrible on that as well. Do it again. Yeah. Do it again. I'll yeah. hold it a bit close to the microphone. Yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I do some bad. Oh, you're gonna make me. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. That's <laughs> funny. That is some funny shit. Okay. And that's a hint about one movie we'll be talking about later in the show. I have a feeling quite thickly. Yes, we may have a few arguments there. But before the arguments, we'll get people in line with Kira's first choice of First Reformed. Yes. So First Reformed is basically about a priest that I believe is having something of a crisis of faith. And... um, it's dealing with like some contemporary issues. I think like there was definitely some radicalization in the trailer, possibly a bit of mental health. I'm not entirely sure, but basically, what caught my attention with this film is apparently Ethan Hawke is knocking people dead with his performance in it, and I kind of feel like in recent years we've not seen the best of Ethan Hawke, but I feel like you know, he is a good actor and he deserves to have some roles that showcase his talent more and it seems like this is a role that is going to do that, so that's pretty much what caught my attention with it you watch the trailer and you kind of see that people are making claims about it being sort of, you know, modern day taxi driver, will it live up to that, I'm not entirely sure but, um, you know, where these claims are being made, it's it's always worth having a look, I find, because you can end up being quite surprised a lot of the time. And other times quite disappointed, but, you know, we won't talk about that for now. Um, so, yeah, I think if it gets a very wide release, I'm not sure if it will, um, it'll be an interesting one to watch in terms of character studies and the way of the world through a certain perspective. Well, putting forward your taxi driver argument, it's actually written and directed by the taxi driver writer. So you can okay. see where the comparisons are coming from. Yeah. 
I, I watched the trailer. I thought it looked... I wasn't sure what the genre was. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Part of it looked like it was going to be a horror culty thing, and it turns into just a thriller. And That's also a good thing to see, because it's a mystery to what you're going to go in and see. Hasn't given too much away. Yeah. I would say the last two movies this director has made have been pretty bad, with Nicolas Cage's classic Dying of the Light and ah. Dog Eat Dog. <laughs> but... Every director brings out a good movie every now and then, even um, J.A. Boner. We'll talk about him later. Maybe not his best, but and we got a good cast, and I got a feel that it felt a bit like that Calvary with Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing that's what helped draw you even more to this movie. Um, it, funnily enough, it wasn't that much, because I wasn't... Calvary wasn't my favourite Brendan Gleeson film. It was parts of it I thought were very funny, but it was, I don't know, it didn't quite float me boat as much as other films have done that he's been in. But, you know, it, it could be that, you know, maybe there's there's a thing for Priest in there that I just don't really know about. Who knows? Fair enough. Well, Damien, what are your thoughts on this movie? Well, my understanding, first of all, Ethan Hawke has been really, really raising up his acting chops i think in the last few movies he's been in it's quite a while ago but i remember a film called good kill that i really thought he did a great job in um and and whenever i see him i try and check it out Uh, some of the movies don't appeal to me but as an actor i really feel that uh he's doing an incredible job right now i think he's i want to say he's around 50 i think so you know he may have just grown into this, you know, amazing uh, actor. He's already really famous, you know. I mean, he he definitely adds a name to any film. But my so I want to see him. But my understanding is he's an alcoholic priest. Uh, there's a uh, young woman for the life of me. Oh, it's Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, she plays the young woman that comes to him basically to pray for her husband who, you know, wants her to get an abortion. So that's all I'm going to add. I, I, you know, I read a little bit about it. I, I was really interested in it because I was raised in a Christian subculture. So when I saw it, I thought, what the hell is this? And, and as I looked at it, I realized there is a slight possibility that it might be shallow. There's a slight possibility. The rest of it, I think it could be very deep. And I think the reason it's in limited release over here in the States is because I think most people are going to disagree with where it goes. Most Christian people are going to disagree with where it goes. So that's kind of my perception of it. I really wanted to see it at first because I thought, wow, they're going to really show what it means to be a Christian in the United States. And (laughs) when have you seen that? I mean, I've lived it, but I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm not living it anymore. I'm not ashamed to say, but, uh, you know, I'm living life in the world of uh, Buddha and everybody else. But growing up, I saw what it was. And um, for me anyway, and that's not putting down Christians. I have some really good Christian friends that I want to hear their opinion of this. But it could be, and I say this, and this is is pretty much all I'm going to say about it because it's a preview show. But I say uh, that it could be as petty as the environment 
versus God. It could be that petty, or it could be as deep as this guy's been a priest his whole life and he's struggling and he's about ready to just chuck it all for the sake of this one situation that has come up. That kind of sets him off. So that's a little bit, tiny bit more in depth of kind of what I think it's about. Uh, I really wanted to see it. I got to tell you, now it's not on my number one list. But the main reason on for that is because it's so dang far away from me to see it. They're not putting it in local theaters. So I don't know if it's worth making the trip. Well, I will say that in England, I don't think it's going to stand a chance in the box office that week. It comes out on the same week as Skyscraper and Incredibles 2. Mm. So... And there's also a little horror movie, which, and when you think most screens only have ten and it's going to be summer holidays, you think Incredibles is going to have at least six of those screens. Yeah. That's the worry. It's one of those that I think it probably could get a better deal by being on a Netflix so people can actually watch it because I don't feel it's going to be a cinematic movie to watch, but it's one you're going to have to watch to appreciate the performances and the storyline. That's going to be the best way I put it. And it's also the first of a few A24 movies that we have picked on our list. I thought that when I was watching the trailers and it was like A24, A24. Oh, look, A24 again. Oh, they're busy. Busy, busy people. Yes, especially when it feels like this one got delayed for about a year as well. Strange. But anyway... That's number one of our six. Damien, you're up next with your pick. Yeah, since I took so much time talking there. Mine is eighth grade, so I'll make it short. Uh, Actually, both my films are kind of, you know, just sort of happy films. I don't really know the whole of eighth grade, but I do know that I really liked the last few films that have come out like Ladybird. Of course, who doesn't like Ladybird? Everywhere you go, Ladybird, Ladybird. But I did like Ladybird. I thought it was cool. Took place hey. in my state. Yeah. I just didn't. Oh, yeah. you didn't like? <laughs> okay. Except Darren. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hate it. It was just meh. I, well, that's kind of why I said that. You know, I, mean, I didn't love it either. But it, you know, it was light. It was fun. You know, um, when you're. Uh, you know, when you've been married 16 years, you know, you're trying to, you've seen every rom-com ever made with your spouse. You, you look for the new ones, and, and this, you know, that was kind of a fun one for us to watch. It wasn't really a rom-com, but it was one my wife enjoyed. Uh, this one, eighth grade, similar thing. I've got the group, my daughters too, I like to take them maybe. But I like fun, snarky stuff about high school. You know, I think it's funny. We all remember high school. And so, I well, this isn't high school, actually, is it? It's middle school. It's uh, junior high, eighth grade. So, it just looks fun. The actress is, you know, looks like real cute in the way she talks and stuff. And so, uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Can I ask when eighth grade is in America? Is it the last year of middle school? <laughs> you mean the last month? <laughs> Oh, oh, eighth grade. Yes. Oh, I get what you're asking. Yeah, it goes. It's different in some places. Some places go six, seven, eight, and they call it middle school. Uh, the one I went to is seven, eight, and that is, uh, you know, just before high school, which is ninth grade. So this is basically her last year in said school, or yeah. last week yeah. or so. Yeah. Okay. 
she's the big kid on campus because she's eighth grade, you know. Okay, that's why it, it made me really confused because in England, eighth grade or year eight is the second year of secondary school. Oh, <laughs> and it was like it just seems like a really random year to be looking at in school. It's like it's probably the most pointless one that you're going to do because you've got used to the school and it's the year before your big exams, so it doesn't mean oh, yeah. much. So it hasn't actually got a UK release date yet. This movie, surprisingly. Um, Kira, what do you think about this movie? Um, well, I hadn't even heard of this one before Damien brought it to my attention. Um, but having looked at it, I think it it's going to be kind of this year's coming of age film. If that makes sense, you know, it seems to be. It that, looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah, for the last few years, there's been one that has come out around this time each year. I think. I mean, I can't remember what last year's was, but I know the year before was the Edge of Seventeen. The Edge of Seventeen. There you go. Well, you would say so, last year's was probably Lady Bird. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. argue this year's is Love Simon, but. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, it could be a few, but um, there's a, there's a few that just kind of there's, there seems to be so many of them coming out at the minute. Like, you know, they're just I don't know if maybe they're just more in my consciousness or what because, you know, I'm kind of just coming out of the. I mean, I was kind of the same age as Lady Bird, um, but some of the others I'm just coming out of that age bracket. Um, so I don't know if it's kind of just. Are you in your second there. decade yet? Not yet. Oh, okay. Not yet. Okay. Um, October. That's when that's happening. All right. Um, Celebrate. So, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm maybe just more aware of them, but it kind of feels like this one is going to be, you know, this summer's coming of age film. There we go. Saved it. And um, <laughs> I think it's interesting that they're they're looking at this girl who's like. A YouTuber, but really nobody in her school pays that much attention to her. I think that's an interesting route to go down, and I think very reflective of the generation that I'm part of, and a few years below that, because I, I know a few people myself who I went to school with, didn't really know anything about them. And then, you know, they've got these massive online followings because, you know, they've got their own YouTube channels and all that. So I think it'll be an interesting kind of look into the life of the people that you're surrounded by each day but don't really know an awful lot about. Um, you know, it it could be helpful for those people. I'm not entirely sure. But, um, yeah, it, it'll be worth seeing, I think. Definitely worth seeing. And it's definitely a genre that needs saving after 13 Reasons Why Season 2. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to see another nonsense teenage crap like that Season 2. Yeah. But they got Season 3. Why do you yes. think that went down so much in quality? Because my girls loved that. They watched every, But same thing. They, when they started watching uh, Season 2, they were just like, eh, I don't care about that. It didn't need another season. That's pretty go. much the main reason. It it did everything it needed in season one. She died at the beginning, She and we learnt why, and that was the story. The whole court case is nonsense. The whole idea that the guy who she has on tape saying 
raped her hasn't even been questioned is mm. very confusing and frustrating. So that's yeah, why it didn't work. And season three is just no one's going to watch it because nobody liked season two. Right. And the stars not even coming back for it. Like, she refuses to come back. I feel sorry for the guy who actually played Bryce now because he's going to be hated even more. Because people don't understand that actors get paid to be bad guys anymore. Anyway. <laughs> but that's another A24 that was being selected. And they do seem to be the company that seem to make movies that don't seem to make the audience unhappy, except Damien when it comes to horror. But we're going to get to that later. <laughs> you know what? I was uh, I was doing a show, actually. I was lucky enough to do a show with the Vern, And he said to me, would you say the pace of this movie, I forget the movie we were talking about, he said, would you say it's faster or slower than uh, it comes out at night? And I just said, I refuse to answer that. I refuse to begin a side discussion on that. And the poor guy didn't know that I don't like it, you know. But I feel like I've spoken about it so much on this show. <laughs> I just said, I said, you mean you don't know how I feel about that show? And he's all, no, I'm all, okay. Don't ever tell me that you listen to my stuff again. I was <laughs> just kidding. But, um, seriously, uh, yeah. That movie, I think, ugh. I think you lost most of the bird's faith when you said that um, Tyler Perry directed Get Out. Oh, did I say that? That's right, I did say that. Tyler so, Perry. Uh, it was Jordan. Yeah. Jordan Perry, was it? No, no, Peel. Jordan Peel. Okay. I guess he's looking at another movie now. He wants to do Get Out too. I'm thinking, geez, man, you had a super huge hit your first time doing horror. Do a different kind of horror. Why would you do it too, you know? I think that's just Mr. Blum saying he wants to get another Oscar in his collection. Yeah, must be. But A24 I mixed on, let's put it that way. We will talk about a movie that has been quite popular. But uh, I'm mixed on A24. And talking of mixed, we're going to go to my first pick. And that is Mission Impossible Fallout and the Great Moustache Conspiracy. This is the latest Ethan Hunt story of Tom Cruise getting paid $20 million to do the craziest stunt imaginable. This time it looks like he's climbing up a rope on a helicopter. Because why not when you're a gazillionaire who believes in aliens? But still, we have much more interesting. It is the first Mission Impossible movie to have a returning director so we know the taste we're going to get we have a lot of familiar faces returning with Rebecca Ferguson, Michelle Monaghan Simon Pegg who's always funny, Alec Baldwin and Ving Rhymes as well as the joining the cast Henry Cavill and he actually looks good in this movie which may be the first time anyone said that in his career and Vanessa Kirby from the crown who can't say no to seeing her on camera anytime soon we know this is going to be an over the top bonkers action movie and I like it I just want to sit and watch something crazy let's see where Kira stands on this movie well it just needs to be good don't it to really justify not shaving the moustache off 
That's yeah. For, for the things that I had to witness when I went to see Justice League, it needs to be good to justify not getting the Gillette razors out and getting rid of that just so he could be Superman for a few weeks. Like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I'm over Mission Impossible. I feel like, like what, what number film is this that we're on now with them? Is it six? Yeah, this will be six. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, how many times do we have to do it? And also, not the biggest lover of Tom Cruise either. So, so no from me, really. Mike. My counter-argument is how long has James Bond been going on? Yeah, but then I'm not the biggest fan of James Bond either, so... I think it's just America trying to do their own James Bond after they ballsed up the Jason Bourne movies. Yeah. And they better panic and give him a paycheck. Damien, where do you stand on this movie? Uh, You know, as you know, I have not really been a huge fan of action in general. I watch them few and far between for different reasons, but there's there's these basic series of movies that I would see in this order. I just typed this out. Uh, James Bond movies, which I've only seen part of one, believe it or not. Uh, I have... Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? I just met him. He does the exploding helicopter. Um, Will. I can't think of his name. Will. Yeah, Will. Uh, Will and I were talking about doing a challenge where I would challenge him with something and he would challenge me with uh, the James Bond, uh, some James Bond movies. So I think I'm going to be doing that. And that's the one I'm most interested in. Then you have Mission Impossible. Then you have uh, Born. This is this is just my preference. And then you have all the comic book movies, which you know I don't really like those either. So, uh, I mean, as you can see, Mission Impossible... It won't come until I've done Bond. <laughs> so I don't so, really care. But, but I disagree with one thing Kira said, and I'm not saying Kira will hold that position her whole life, but just what she just said, is that I think you can keep having them and that's okay. And that's different for me because I think that they're a formula and for many people that formula makes them feel good and they enjoy it. And so when you have that, why not keep making them? So I have a different philosophy than I used to have on that. I used to be like what she said. I used to be like, well, how many more do we need? But if it if it works, and Darren's saying it's probably going to work, uh, we'll have to hear if it works, Darren. Um, didn't you say one didn't work for you? Of the Mission Impossibles, the second one's pretty bad. Yeah. But if it would be fair to argue that if this movie doesn't do very well... Tom Cruise is no longer a true A-list action star because his last movies haven't been received very well by the cinema in America made The Mummy Jack Reacher 2 Edge of Tomorrow in the cinema was terrible Oblivion Jack Reacher Rock of Ages he hasn't exactly been nailing it out the park like certain other action stars but I notice you say that a lot I know you're very statistical I've learned that about you you're very you, you put everything into like statistics because another thing you said that was almost the exact same thing was Chris Pratt is like almost done. Remember when you said that? He is. He's boring as hell. <laughs> you watch That's Jurassic not statistical. <laughs> but no, but yeah, it's like if Ethan Hunt blows it in this movie, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, they can keep 
whipping them out as much as they've got money to do it. I don't think that they're going to ever say Tom Cruise is no longer an action star. He's the kind of guy they'll pull out of retirement. He might get time off, you know, for a while, but they'll always pull him back because it's all the existing stuff that he's done. He may get saved by Top Gun too. <laughs> oh no! Don't let's not go there. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. He's, he seems to be a bit reluctant to do new films at the moment. He gonna raise Goose from the dead? <laughs> Probably. You never know. <laughs> He'll be a zombie. <laughs> So I was like, I'm the only one going to see Fallout. So we'll go yeah. back to Kira for round number two. Yeah. So my second film is a film called A Prayer Before Dawn. Now, I've had my eye on this one for quite a long time. I remember it coming into sort of my consciousness. Um, probably now six months ago that was probably when i first heard about it and um basically it's it's the story the true story of this guy who went over to thailand and he's a boxer and he got arrested for i believe it was drugs and he ended up in thai prison and the way he kind of got himself out, the only thing he had was his boxing, so he he became like a, a professional fighter, whereas there he'd take part in all these underground matches. Um, and yeah, I just I like the kind of the dirty fighting stories. Um, Out of the Furnace was one of those films where there was kind of like some illegal fights going on. I quite like that element. Um, in a film, I just I don't know. It's a, it's a bit sweaty. It's a bit dirty. There's something about it. It just works for me. Um, but also, we look at the man who is front and center for this film. It's Joe Cole, and he sort of first came about in Peaky Blinders as one of the Shelby brothers. And um, spoiler alert, um, they killed him off in season four, presumably to film this film. So it better be good purely on that basis um but also he he's appeared in other films i know green room was one of them um funny enough i think was that another a24 film i cannot confirm that one i don't i don't think a24 was around yet because the witch i think the witch was either the first or second i've been around a bit longer than that oh really yeah well, big one that I'd heard about, but yeah, Green Room. It sort of has maybe that feel to it. We have to look, here, I'll look it up while you guys are talking. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll we'll get our fact checkers to do the work on that one. But um, yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, he he was in that, and he's he's been in a few things, and I feel like he is destined for big things, and this film could be the one that makes the difference. Um, I believe it's had something to do at Cannes. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely is probably one of the grittier, more independent films to be keeping an eye on. And as I say, I just think you know the whole underground fight scenes is just fascinating anyway. Um, and to see a true story of someone who kind of prospered off the back of that, um, I'm excited for it. I have seen the trailer. I'm, I'm gonna get a bit tired of boxing movies i'm not gonna lie um 
I appreciate it's going to be a true story. And after seeing the Unbroken, the Angela Jolie one, similar sort of idea of an athlete gets put in a prison camp, or a camp, prison-ish war one, wasn't it? It's, it's only so far you can go, and you know it's most likely going to be successful, or it's not going to be a true story. I don't feel like there's that much new. The fighting, if I watch Mutai, as long as there's Tony Jar in it, I'd be happy. But the funniest fact I've just learned about A24 is they've made Damien's favourite movie. Yes. <laughs> you, oh man, why did you have to say that? I was going <laughs> to... You're correct. They did do The Green Room. And they did do, I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie, but getting up there for creativity, Tusk. Go We're see not going to talk about that movie. Ever I know. Have. We have a ban on it. Sorry. David, what are your <laughs> thoughts on A Prayer for Dawn? I also like that gritty stuff. Um, it, it just hasn't, it didn't resonate with me watching the trailer, uh, but that doesn't mean anything. So, uh, I think with, I think I'm going to probably look at that when it comes to my television set. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so Kira's got one that we're not eager to go and see between us. Aha. Yeah. It's not <laughs> just me. We agree on something. I can't believe it. <laughs> we agree well, on a lot. That's a joke. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I do think me and Kira are going to agree on not seeing the next movie. Yeah, I think, I Damien. think right there. <laughs> oh, you, have, you guys have the notes, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is a film, and I do have some things to say about it, but I lost my, my window here. Hold on one second. I've really been ambitious, like, looking things up today. I've looked two things up. I am really... This is growth for me. Uh, anyhow... Mamma Mia 2 is the other film, and I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm always looking for date fodder, and, and I, this is where I want to insert where I bought my movie pass, Darren and Kira. I bought a movie pass. But my movie pass is a little different from yours. I wish yours existed at my theater, but it doesn't. This one's, uh, I think it's about the same in pounds. It's, it's $8.99, uh, in, uh, in dollars. And, what it does is it gives you Swiss Cinemark. It's called Movie Club. It gets you one free, well, they call it free, but it's not really free. You're paying eight. You get one free movie a month. Then every other movie that you buy or any other tickets with anyone you go with that you buy through your phone are also eight ninety nine. And tickets are about $15. So that's a pretty good deal. Also, you can reserve your seat on your phone and there's no extra charge, which is usually $1.50. So anyway, that's what I have. So I'll probably be going to the theater more now. I'm really excited about it. I get 20% off all concessions too, so you may see my teeth start to rot out. But um, <laughs> <laughs> It's so cool. I'm so excited I have it. I've been wanting to get it for months, and I finally just I asked my wife, you know, when you're married, you got to kind of ask, be polite. You mind if I get that? She's like, get it. You'll probably be cheaper if you get it. I said, okay, so I got it. I'm all excited. Uh, but anyway, Mama Mia 2, we're going to go get some of those cheap tickets, maybe mine. Oh, here's the other thing. If you don't use it for a month, which, come on, this is me. I'm going to use it. But if I don't, it carries over. It, it like goes, what do they call that? Rollover. It rolls mm-hmm. over to the next month, so I'll have two free tickets for the next month. So that's pretty cool. So if nothing but shit is playing, you know. 
I can just save it. <laughs> Chances are the next month. The next month. That's right. Uh, but Mamma Mia 2 looks cute. <laughs> I can't believe how beautiful. They got the girl from Disney Cinderella, the new... I forget her name. You guys probably tell me, but she's, she's Lily very... James. Yeah, she's Lily James. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot her name. She's beautiful and just such a great actress. And, you know, I like um, Meryl Streep a lot, uh, but come on. Lily James is not going to grow up and look like Meryl Streep. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry. That's really... Oh, that's sexist. Sorry. Anyways... Uh, it just really shocked me because I, I was sitting with my daughter. I said, "What's that?" She said, "Who is this? A new story or something?" She says, "No, that's Meryl Streep's in her youth." And I just thought that was so funny. So anyway, sorry. That was you know what Meryl Streep is beautiful. She in her own way. It's just she looks totally different. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I need a live studio audience. <laughs> this silence is killing me. But um, so I'm gonna see Mamma Mia too. It looks fun. It looks hilarious, and I love Abba. Always have loved Abba. Uh, you know, for a while there, you know, they started to wonder about me because I liked Abba so much when I was a kid. <laughs> but uh, you know, Abba are awesome, and it's gonna be Abba music, so can't go wrong. Kira, your thoughts on Mamma Mia? Um, I'm just not sure any Pierce Brosnan singing Entering Spirit ever again. <laughs> to be honest, I'm, I'm not sure that's what. Well, I don't mean. they have all younger singers now? Pierce Brosnan is in that film, which means there is the risk that his singing is going to be involved, which means <laughs> there's a risk to people's hearing. And he'll always you know, be an action star to me. It. Uh, well, to be honest, he probably should have just remained an action star and not even brought anything else into the mix. Because his performances did leave a fair bit to be desired, um, musically-wise, um, in the first film. I ah, just, so you've seen the first one? Yeah, I saw the first one, bearing in mind though, that the first one came out like ten years ago, didn't it? So it was... Yeah, it was kind of all. It was it was the film of the of the year when I was a kid of some age. So it's not um, like you're not charged. You're not like Mamma Mia two, yes. No, no, not not even remotely. Um, I just it, it don't do it for me. You know, the world went mad for Mamma Mia, and it's like, oh, it's the world's favorite musical, and it's like, yeah, but it's not mine. So don't need to see it um yeah i just i i don't know where it's come from that they wanted to do a second one i don't know why it's taken so long at the end of the day it's not a pixar film so why is it 10 years on that we're getting a sequel um i just yeah there's a lot of it that i just think why do we actually need it so yeah can't say i'll be rushing to see it you might be that your age might be the drop-off point you know what i mean I, i'm thinking it's it's probably 30s to 60s and no one else i know wants to see it either not even the older <laughs> folks have you talked to people like in that range if my mom doesn't want to see it and she's a big really? fan. okay it might bomb i thought that too and i saw it but i'm glad it's coming out because there's believe me it's it, well you guys should know it's hard to find date movies i mean it really is there's just not that many of them out there that's that what your date likes <laughs> there's i've been really spending a lot of time on letterboxd i just love my letterboxd now 
you guys can look me up there. I'm, uh, what am I there? Riley on film. If anybody wants to join me over there, I love it because I find movies my friends like, which is so cool. But, um, one thing <laughs> is that they have the lists. And when you do the lists, you know, you, you might go for something and say, okay, action films 2018. And then the next one will say that somebody's put up there, I'll say most popular, I'll say, uh, action films for dates. And it'll be like Eraserhead and like uh, Irreversible and like Angst and just like these, and, you know, What's the that? Human Centipede. <laughs> Is that Zoe's <laughs> list? Yeah. <laughs> but they give it such funny titles, you know, like stuff to watch with your mother. And I'm thinking, oh, that's a boring list. But then you look at it, it's like total gore and everything. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. little plug for Letterboxd. That's a great thing. But I will say the most positive thing about Mamma Mia 2 is the fact that at least Meryl Streep won't be up for Best Actress this year. <laughs> yeah, it'll be Cher so, instead. It'll be anybody who isn't <laughs> in is this This is a movie. bashing. We are, this is like, I'm just going to make the title of this one, Bashing Meryl. Hey, you bash Tom. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to get some bashing in the next movie. Well... <laughs> Where we go for our last movie of our selection. And this one was the one that almost got removed from my list for something else. But it is Skyscraper. It is The Rock <laughs> doing a Die Hard remake with no legs. Because why not? No, he's got one leg. He's got, he's got one, one leg. That's something. <laughs> the other one got stuck in the hose when he daggled off the edge and saved his life. Now, if you're ever going to watch a movie that is pure popcorn nonsense this year, I feel like this is going to be the one. Uh, I, I went I, to... He's good at that. He excels at those. I, I just got to sit there and go, what? Okay, I'd rather watch this than Incredibles 2, which comes out the same week. It's like, uh, I just need to watch something stupid. And this does everything I need it to do. Just switch my brain off for probably two hours. <laughs> and watch The Rock beat people up, jump 20 to 50 foot from a ladder to a building and survive because why not? <laughs> climb up a skyscraper like on the poster. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm all in. Uh, David, where are you on this one? It's so funny. I, I'm not all in, I'll tell you. But <laughs> San Andreas came and went. I never saw it. I kind of wanted to. And then when it got on the got on the box i i watched it and i just couldn't sit through it it just was boring to me so i love the rock you know i love a lot of the stuff he does i loved baywatch oh my god i've seen that like three times here at home uh it just wasn't for the rock. right i just cry laughing when i watch that movie it's so damn funny yeah it, uh, yeah so anyway it's just when they lift the refrigerators it's just so hysterical because you know, lifeguards don't do all that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so I saw the poster, and he was climbing up the, the skyscraper, and I just, and he's all serious. That guy can make a serious face. That's what he did for, what, 20 years? I mean, he was a wrestler, and he just, he looked serious when everything was funny, right? If you think about it. So he's, he's really good at being serious in comedies. But I saw him climbing up the skyscraper, and I, I showed it to my son. This is before we went to Deadpool 2. It's just like two days ago. And I held up, I started laughing really hard, and I held up my... He said, what are you laughing at? I, I held up a giant poster on my computer of The Rock climbing the skyscraper, and he's like, 
oh, is that The Rock? I'm all, yeah. I go, don't you get the humor in that? He's all, no. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just totally bent. But when we got to the theater, you know, like the coming soon posters? that you I don't know if you guys have them, but we have them here at the yeah. theater on the outside. And somebody that worked there had made just his face on one, and then he's a little higher, and he's a little higher, and he was always getting a little higher, graduatedly higher each <laughs> each time. <laughs> I said, do you get it now? He's like, yeah, I get it now. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, I maybe. It depends on what's playing. Now that I got my new movie club card, we'll see. Well, Kira, where do you stand on this one? Uh, I stand very much in the same arena you do, Darren. Like, I think it's it's just going to be, you know, two hours of all-out explosions, fire, Dwayne Johnson just doing ridiculous physical feats. <laughs> and you're not going to have to... Oh, God, that was terrible, wasn't it? He? He's only got one leg. Um, but... You know, you just you're gonna be able to turn off and just enjoy it, and sometimes that's just what you want. In terms of it being the film of the year for that purpose, I'm not entirely sure um, quite if it's you know a one horse race at the minute because, and I know this is I think it's more an August release, but um, I do believe we have the Meg coming out with Jason Statham, and I feel like that is another film that could be in contention for the role of it's going to be pure dog shit but it's going to be great so um yeah at the minute those two are going to have to kind of fight it out amongst themselves for which one quite gets to the top first but i'm, I'm excited for the skyscraper well the craziest thing about this movie is it's directed by the guy that did dodgeball hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well is there humor in it it's got the rocket, it's about to have a joke or two. It's gotta have it, yeah. And but the rock has also managed to make more money than Solo at the box office this year. With Rampage made more money than the Han Solo movie. Sometimes I miss we've only done this like three times, but sometimes I miss our you know, our where we take on one show because it would be fun to take on solo. <laughs> No, we won't, because it's a bit too boring to talk (laughs) about for three hours. (laughs) We'd die of boredom. Yeah, we're just going to go on Twitter, make a commission to get ourselves our own budget to remake Solo. Yeah. Should we do that as well? Or not? That probably pisses off Disney so much. Well, it pissed them off enough to stop making them, so... Yeah, for now. Uh, But uh, Ryan Johnson, I'm sure it pissed him off, too. He's still. Oh wait, no, 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 because they're doing one to remake. Uh... Yeah, that was the point of the joke, but you missed it. Oh, sorry. No, I thought you said remake solo. That's the but one that yeah. probably does need remaking if they're going to do one. But it does, but never needed. I'm glad because you know I didn't like that that Star Wars movie. But anyways, but there are other films coming out this month, so we're going to have a quick one word or one sentence description of whether we care. So, in no particular order, we have the first purge. Damien? I don't care. Kira? Um, do you know what? I've seen... I didn't catch the last purge film, 
but kind of, you know, I'm interested to see how they make the franchise work and a social experiment, which is what this one looks more like. You know, I'm always up for those, whether they end up being very good or not. Good. I, I'm in too, because I like the third. The whole pr- I hope the whole franchise apart from the first one. Yeah. Um Terminal, Kira. No. Damien. No. And there's three no's. Mary Shelley. Damien. Yes. Because uh, we are in a time of uh, women's uh, an awakening, really, of women's rights, reawakening, and people don't think that a woman wrote Frankenstein. They don't know that. So I think this will be a great way to kind of show that women just didn't sit around cooking the biscuits. They were doing stuff, you know. Okay, Kara. I think I'm all right. <laughs> it. I all need to see the trailers to make my opinion on that movie. Mm. I think. Marrowbone or The Secret of Marrowbone. Kira? Yes. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what the deal is with this film, but it got traded. Oh. Live on air. <laughs> and. It's. It's actually a 2017 release, but in England it's only just coming out. And I have a sneaky suspicion it may be the Odeon Unseen Scream. So if you're an Odeon Kira, you may get to see it a couple of weeks earlier. No, I'm Cineworld. Ah, never mind. But then you got they've to... got a, a secret screening coming up anyway, um, which could be it. Who knows? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see it. I saw the trailer on Wednesday night when I went to the cinema to see another film. And um, yeah, could be. I was be I was exactly the same from exactly the same movie, the first I ever saw of it. Yeah. So the next one is Hotel Artemis. Damien. Gosh, I could go either way on this one. I'm gonna have to say no though. Kira. Um, I know people have said it's disappointed, but. I don't know. I like the look of the cast. The cast is what's got me. So I think she'll have to go and see it just to see, you know, maybe what all the fuss is about and if it really is as much of a disappointment as people make it out to be. I'm going with all of the ambition that it should be showing coming off for me. I know people haven't liked it either, but at least it's something different. Yeah. Escape Plan 2, Kira. Get in the bin. No. We don't... Why? No. Just, why would we need that? <laughs> Damien? I'm going to say no, because I never see escape movies. Okay. And the final one on my list is Hotel Transylvania 3, the Adam Sadler Dark Universe. Damien? Uh... Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was trying to think of a scenario where I'd want to, like, at home, in a movie, on heavy drugs, no, nothing. Kara? <laughs> I, I don't even think I want to warrant it with a comment. 
Well, to be honest, the first two aren't as bad as the Tom Cruise Mummy movie. Yeah. But that doesn't really put it on a sort of platform of being quality. It's it like will... if you go down to Mexico and you, you know, you happen to get this place in Rosarito and it's, you know, kind of beaten up, but you have a surfboard so you can go surfing and stuff. And then you come back and you check the TV and the only thing playing is Hotel Transylvania 2. Then I probably love it. Yes, you will. Okay. So, we're going to have a look at just what we've been seeing in the cinema in June. And as it looks like Damien has the longest list this month, we'll go to his first one. Okay. We'll save the controversial one for the middle. Okay, very good. Very good. Well, okay, for the middle, got it. Um, well, hey, friends, did I talk to you about Action Point? Did we already discuss that? I think you I, no, I did you my own. I did it. my own on that. No, I did my own on that. So that's why I talked for like an hour to myself <laughs> on the Damien Riley podcast. Plug, but no, <laughs> that I wasn't talking oh. to you guys. I wasn't talking to you guys. But uh, sheesh, this is so good. And I don't know if it's just because my age or what, but uh, you know, Johnny Knoxville did Jackass, and he is. I think he's like six months younger than me. We're like in the same, you know, we grew up with The Clash. We grew up with Punk. We grew up with, you know, U2. And just, we were just in that, the 80s, we were, you know, 10 to 20. So I really identify with the guy. And I think he's hilarious because he's also, he surfs, I surf. But he just, he and his friends beat on each other. (laughs) When I played in a band, we used to beat on each other. So I really get into the Jackass movies. I think they're freaking hilarious. Now, this is kind of like a Jackass movie. It's like the next Jackass movie, but it's not. It's just an action movie that takes place at an actual theme park. I forget. I want to say it's Colorado. Um, That actually existed, and they closed it down because like eight people died in the course of a summer because it was so dangerous. Nothing was fixed. The stuff was going off the rails. So he had them all put it all back together, and they do a bunch of stunts out there, and there's also a story to it. I would say it's sort of akin to nothing like it, but sort of akin to an Adam Sandler story. But then it's got all the actual stunts going on like Jackass. It's called Action Point. That's the name of the place. So they all have to band together to keep the park alive because some big, you know, rich guy wants to buy it and make it into a safe park, but they want to keep it deadly. So it's just, oh, God. It's really, really raunchy, really gross, uh, crude humor, uh, but every time you see Johnny Moxville go off the rails or something and hit the ground on his butt, that's him. He's doing the stunt. And so, if nothing else, that's funny as hell to see. And he says he wants to do a couple more movies like that. So, my God, he's crazy. He's crazier than me. But I tell you, I loved it. It's such a funny movie. But I don't think everybody will. Last I checked, I think the score was like 2 out of 10 on most sites. Sounds about right. <laughs> It has no appeal to me whatsoever. The trailer just looks yeah. like more pointless stunts. Um, Here's a little nudity. That's not really a selling point always in a movie. <laughs> you, just, you have class, Darren. I like. I respect that about you. 
there's another movie we're going to talk about that has nudity in it, and that wasn't exactly the most appealing thing. <laughs> okay. But what what else was on your list, then, David? We're going to say right. controversial until last. Okay, good. We'll just knock them all out. The other one was well, this is also one I didn't want. I don't want to talk about it, but it's Ocean's Eight, and I'll just say in like a sentence. Um, Ocean's Eight is like a heist movie that kind of fizzles, but delivers and was fun to see that's all i'll say fair enough and your last or penultimate one hereditary i thought you had four which one did i miss oh (laughs) deadpool 2 that came out what that came out like two months ago didn't it well we might as well see if you liked it or hated it okay all right all right um okay here's my thing on deadpool 2 uh hey those of you out there who like Deadpool, it's Deadpool 2. Same movie. There you go. Okay. Well, Kira, what is one of the other films <laughs> you've seen at the cinema? Did you want more, Derek? <laughs> so, one of the films I saw was Jurassic World, Lost Kingdom. Or is it Fallen Kingdom? It's Fallen Kingdom, isn't it? I think it's Fallen, yeah. Yeah. Because one of the actual Jurassic Parks was Lost Kingdom. Lost, Lost World. What, what did you think let's of just, that? A lot of people said they didn't like it. Let's just give up on it and we'll just say Jurassic World 2. I went to see that last weekend. And I, I'll be honest, I, I enjoyed it. And I thought it was... I enjoyed it more. I won't say I thought it was better. I'd say I enjoyed it more than Jurassic World 1. Um, I just... There was loads of action in it for me, um, and as we were saying earlier, like that's sometimes all I need to keep me happy. And definitely, I think it kept things rolling nicely with this film. I think if it hadn't been for the action, it'd have died on its feet a little bit, or maybe a lot. Who knows? Um, I feel a bit cheated by how little Jeff Goldblum was in the film, but outside of that it it got the job done I enjoyed it couldn't knock it that much see I've also seen this one this is one of my two and I hated it <laughs> I was so bored I wanted more on the island and the trailer gave away absolutely everything and it's not even close to keeping some things a secret it gave away everything and I was just sat there going meh meh Ted Levine like you know it's Buffalo Bill and he's like a cartoon character Peter Possefwaite's character was much better in the original Jurassic World 2 The Lost World where it was exactly the same storyline but the final act I'll give the director all his credit he does some good shots but the story it's so boring, I actually want to see the third one to see what happens next. <laughs> That's how annoyed I am about it. So actually... are you going to withdraw withdraw your vote for The Orphanage? No, it's still one of the best horror movies ever made. Why did they pick him? Because he did A Monster Calls. And that was not that great either. It was okay. Visually, it did everything correctly. Okay. But everything else is so-so. 
It depends what Jurassic Park means to you. I think if you were my generation where Jurassic Park was the awe-inspiring movie, this is a long way from that. That's the best way I put it. But anyway. Well, yeah, the theme of it is odd to me. It's like, I haven't seen it, but uh, the, the theme being that if, uh, you know, we bring these creatures back, that's wrong because we should have let them be extinct. Well, now they're going to go extinct on their own. So we got to make sure that doesn't happen. Is that correct to say? Uh, for about 10 minutes of the movie, yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, it, there's a bit more underground stuff going on, which would be realistic. But as I've been hearing people say, the price tags were a bit unrealistic. I think that's the best way to put it. Hmm. That's... We can't really go spoilers until you've actually seen it, but Kira knows kind of what I mean by that statement. Yeah. But, Personally, I'd pay far more for a dinosaur if I could. But don't worry, Nicolas Cage will be first in line for all of them. Of course, you'd use them to study them for a role or something. Like, he would eat them for breakfast. Or we would just have Nicolas Cage, dinosaur hunter, and it'd be him running around America hunting dinosaurs. Now that sounds like a movie I might watch. Is that National Treasure 3? Is that the actual plot for the film? It might as well be. If only Disney owned Jurassic Park, it would be. But I doubt it will be. I think they probably took a a survey, you know, or had many surveys for the first Jurassic Park. It says, okay, what do uh, young men like because they're you know they pay half the bills and what do young women like well they like dinosaurs okay so let's make a dinosaur film and then they stuck with that same survey until these young women young men are like 35 and they forgot to change that the 35 year old men like nudity so you want to put boobs in a pg movie <laughs> maybe a t-rex Just... He's got them there bouncing. No, I don't know. But it's just like they're sticking to this dumb dinosaur thing because they think it's going to make them money. But it, let's let's look at other stuff now. You know? okay. hey, I'll other put it, stuff. As Kira's seen it, I'll put it this way. Do you think this is kind of two movies squashed into one where we could have had the island is stuff on one film and the mansion stuff into the next film and been a lot more interesting? Um... Yeah, I think they could have done that, but and, they didn't. So and and we're going to get another film. So yeah, and it's what it, happens with that. Well, obviously, all the dinosaurs are out in the real world now. Spoiler. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, let's face it. If you want to see the film, you've seen it by now anyway. So it's only been out for about a week in America. <laughs> Well, that's yeah. true. Days, I think it's been days. Yeah. If you're a real fan, you'll have seen it opening weekend. So sort yourself out. That's all yeah. I'll say. Yeah. Um, you could have always seen Mamma Mia too, though. <laughs> well, then I have no sympathy for you. They got rid of the dinosaur, though. But Meryl Streep's in it for a bit. <laughs> we need a laugh track. I want to look into that. But that we've talked dinosaurs. Now let's talk about the film that's got the most mixed opinions on the board. I think it's fair that we'll go to Kira to introduce this one. Before we go, go. 
Sorry, just sound. testing it out. It's the wrong sound for the film that we're about to discuss, <laughs> Damien. How's that? <laughs> Have we got a clicking one? A clicking one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, you better start or I'm going to try every sound. <laughs> okay, okay. Before the child plays with all these toys. Yeah, um, that's my yeah, favourite one. So, I think in the last month we've all been to see Hereditary. Um, which has certainly been a divisive film, to say the least. Not just amongst us, but amongst the planet. Um, yeah. Do you want me to say what the film's about? or you know? We will go into full spoilers. Okay. Your full spoiler alert, Warner, and it is on a fence now, so if you haven't <laughs> seen it, you <laughs> may need to The safety bar has it. been lifted. Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically, the film is all about this family... Or, you know, a woman whose mother has died and basically they're going through, the whole family is going through the sort of grieving process. And um, that's what the trailer lets on. What the trailer does not do is spoil for you what actually happens in the film. Or at least I didn't think so, because I can tell you now, the little change in direction they took about 20 minutes in. Oh my goodness, I did not see that coming. And there was a very involuntary noise that came out of my body when the big 20-minute thing happened. And um, Did you have beans for dinner? Did kidding. I have... No, no, no. Not <laughs> as in, it wasn't as in that kind of... No, it was okay. kind of... Like, oh, oh my God, that just happened. It was that kind of noise. Um, so, yeah. Basically, it's, it, just, it just takes such a turn. And, um, yeah, I think... For me, um, if if you've ever seen a family argument or you know anything even vaguely within the realm of that, I think you can kind of get behind what this film does. For me, it it completely works, and for my mate who I went with, it it did it for her as well. Um, just because we could kind of relate to what was going on in the film, and yeah, it's just. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. That's that's all I'll say. I enjoyed it. I really, for once, got really into the finer details of the film. Um, are we still able to call it a horror film? Do we know, guys? Let's see what Damien says before we decide whether it is or isn't a horror movie. Uh, most definitely horror, because, uh, like, for example... Um when when we have the little girl's head decapitated and and we see uh in a vision the uh, you know the bugs all over it and the ants all over it i think it's just ants uh you know that's shocking and that's disgusting and i think that's what a horror movie the quality of a horror movie is is partly that so yeah definitely just that there's a lot of other disturbing scenes so for disturbing scenes yeah you definitely call it a horror movie Fair enough. And what are your thoughts on the movie as a whole? Uh, I would say that it's a it's a good movie, and and I'm on the minority here, so I that's when I get become a little shy boy and I step back because you know I don't want to argue with people that have a good time. Um, but I looked at my watch a lot, uh, which is a sign. So maybe it was too long. Also, uh, I thought parts were directly pulled from 70s films. 
like um, when the woman, I forget her name, but she's from The Handmaid's Tale, the real kind of evil one, then she turns nice and she takes care of them. You know that lady? Anyway, uh, she's across the street and she's like saying, you know, come to me. Come to me. It's okay. Come to directly. I mean, it's if you can watch The Omen, which my namesake, and when you see the nun about to hang herself, she says, it's all for you, Damien. It's all for you. I mean, I think even the camera angle is the same. Of course, it's in front of cars and things like that, but I mean, it's just, it's just the exact same scene. And I don't think it's an accident. I think uh, the very end is the end of Rosemary's Baby. Uh, if you watch that, you'll see the whole movie is a little slower, Rosemary's Baby. Although, believe it or not, it's slower than this movie. Um, but at the end, I mean, it's the satanic people from the building all there with no clothes on and stuff. And so, I mean, it's, it's taken exactly from that. So those are just two. There's a lot of scenes that are lifted from 70s satanic films. And I think he did it sort of as a homage. But I think the people, the age of the people that are really getting into this and saying, fuck, that was scary, man. You know, they don't, they haven't seen those movies. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a, it was a little bit for me, it's kind of, a, you know, not as great as I thought it would be. I thought it would be like this, you know, really, I thought it'd be like, you know, like sort of like a signs, but with more gore, like something that made you think and. You know, and you could really figure it out and stuff. But in the end, it just ended up being kind of just piecing together all these used conventions of the 70s and satanic movies. And if anybody wants to just look up 70s satanic movies and see a few of them, you're going to see. I mean, those are just a few, but there's there's a lot of them. Maybe one day I'll write an essay on it just for fun, but I probably don't care about it that much. Fair enough. Well, I wouldn't say it was scary more than very disturbing. It had disturbing images, for sure. Especially in the last 30 minutes or so. Um, most of the scares seem to feel borrowed from one missed call with the inhaler, where it's a natural sound that becomes scary with the clicking mouth-tongue thing. Which yeah. I'm, which Kira can do on her phone, but no one else can. <laughs> but otherwise, it's just... Uh, especially the bit in the attic at the end, it's like... Oh, I didn't see that bit covered. That that was different. Yeah. I haven't seen someone do that before. But the one thing that annoyed me the most is the fact that there's this like meme going round about hereditary to do with like the final sequence being stood in the corner. And when you're watching the I've cinema not seen you that. <clears throat> basically people are trying to recreate the corner standing scene and you're not when you watch it in the cinema, you can barely see it when it first happens, can you? The bit yeah. where he's sat on the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when, when I was watching that, it was really funny. I went to see it um, with my friend, and she, admittedly, she took me out of the film a few times because she she really got into the spirit of things, and it was it was really really funny watching her watch the film. Um, but at that point, when the body just appeared in the corner, I didn't see it at first. And she'd got it spotted straight away. And she leant forward and she, you know, she starts talking to herself. And she's going, I would rather die than watch the end of this film. And, you know, I can see so much really got her attention. And I seen it and I was like, oh, that's nice. And, um, yeah, I just thought 
there, there was so much with the visuals that was I just thought it was it was done really well. But anyway, that's detracting from what you're saying, Darren. So I'll let you go back to what you're on about. Well, that's the thing. Everyone's been trying to copy that and try to go into a dark room and have someone stood behind them so they can't see it. And that was going around Twitter because we got it a week later. So I was watching the film thinking it might happen early on. And as it hadn't happened throughout the whole film, it was like, oh, so it's going to be at the end, isn't it? And it's kind of a bit spoiled. It's a bit like how I feel about Psycho when I, you know the twist of Psycho. It's like I want to see that completely blind and not know anything about that movie. And that's something that really frustrated me because I knew what I was looking for at the end because some idiot had been putting it all over social media for like a week, a couple of days after the release. Very frustrating. I was fortunate. I managed to avoid everything. So the only thing that I was vaguely aware of was, you know, the girl having her head taken off. I didn't know what was going to happen or, you know, vaguely how to <coughs> I didn't know anything about that. All I knew is I'd seen somebody on Twitter say something. Went to see Hereditary, had the joy of having a group of lads in the same cinema as me, talking and laughing all the way through it. However, something happened about 20 minutes into the film that made even them shut up. Like they just stopped dead in the tracks. And I was thinking, well, if it can shut a bunch of Larry lads up, oh, it's got to be good. And when it happened, as I say, I kind of made the whole, that noise. And it just, because I wasn't expecting it. You know, I thought, the girl's having an allergic reaction. She's she's just going to die because she ain't got her EpiPen. And then it was like, plot twist. We're just going to decapitate her instead. And I was like, hmm. Wow. <laughs> but where would you rank that in your horror films of the year so far, Kira? Um, of the two I've seen. Yeah. Um... Oh, I just don't know now. I just do not know. I mean, I love The Quiet Place. But I also... I really liked Hereditary as well. But I think I can find more in Hereditary that perhaps I would have changed or would like to have seen done differently to see what effect it would have had. Like, I think perhaps they could have trimmed it down a little bit. I don't think it needed to be two hours long. Um, a Quiet Place, there's nothing that immediately leapt out at me. It was like, I wouldn't have done that with it. So I think at the minute, A Quiet Place is probably the one I preferred watching. But Hereditary, I've thought about more since I've seen it. And that's, I think, pretty much the same as I feel about them. Hereditary could be analysed for days. Yeah. And it's, do you want to analyse a film or just relax and watch a horror movie, if you can do that? Yeah. Let's see where Damien ranks this in his horror movies. Well, the director has said that he'd never been into horror films when he got the assignment. And, um, you know, as he started to write it and as he started to make it, in preparation for that he just got every single horror movie he could get and most of them that he gravitated toward were from the 70s uh, and the 60s and so i think if you take a list of uh, you know like when you see an archive list on a blog it has different years and i think if you go down to 
the 1970s, and you look at that, and then you look up at when Hereditary came out in the 2018, I think there it gets like a 6 out of 10 with me, but that's not my score. Hold on. But if you go down and you you go into the edit function and you take everything from the 70s all the way down to the first movie ever made and you just delete it all, then I think it comes up to an 8 out of 10. But if you have knowledge of all that stuff he does in that, it, it, frankly, it's boring. And I've only heard a couple people say that. So I'm not, that I, again, I'm the shy kid with his little sign that says 8 out of 10 hiding in the corner because I don't want to get beat up. But, um, I think it's, it, you go ahead and like it, you know, it, it's, it's likable. But I just can't be real and say that for me, uh, it wasn't like hugely derivative. And then he himself said that he didn't have any background in horror. So he didn't even really like it. And then he watched all these movies primarily the 70s and 60s, and then he made this movie, so there you go. It's a satanic movie about a group of people that um, revealed themselves in the end. Fair enough. <laughs> I was expecting more of an argument that you hated it. <laughs> no, you can't hate it. I mean, you just can't hate it. It's a great film, and it's a fun time. And I might even see it again if somebody wanted to see it with me. But uh, I wouldn't use the word fun when describing that movie. Yeah, it rubs you the wrong way a few times. But I find that stuff fun. Zoe got a hold of me and I can't go back. <laughs> hey, let's see what our three favorite films or TV shows of June have been. We'll start with Kira this time. Okay, so let me turn the notes over so um, in preparation for Jurassic World um, I may or may not have had a Jurassic Park marathon and watched the previous four Jurassic Park films all in you know the space of about 10 hours may or may not have done that so um, obviously probably one of the best films that I watched last month was Jurassic Park um, do you want me to do the other two? That yeah, we'll, just, we'll do just the three each. Okay. Um, I've also, on the television front, um, been watching on Netflix, I'm Alan Partridge. Um, it was kind of... A, I won't say a recommendation from the guys at work, but the guys I work with, um, they are... Alan Partridge fans and I got fed up of them quoting Alan Partridge at me and taking the mick out of me with Alan Partridge um, so I decided to do a bit of research watched the programme and I've now started to join in with the quoting of Partridge because it's so funny so funny wouldn't get made today absolutely would not get well it is getting remade but I mean not to the extent that it was back when this was originally shown and it's very very close to the bone at times kind of the same with the office as well if it's remade it's it's going to be terrible because you can't say half the stuff that actually made it so funny but um yeah enjoyed that very very funny um and i got into watching dexter i can't remember if i mentioned that last time or not but um just wraps up the first season and making a good dent in the second season now. Um, 
Debbie Isn't it amazing? Me. Yeah, Debbie annoys me. Um, oh, I, would, I swear she's meant to do that because she annoys me too. I would. And you see her in other get, stuff, and she's not that bad. I'd love for her to get killed off, but I know that it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I thought Dexter's brother was going to do as a solid when he kidnapped her. I was like, "Come on, Brian, you can do this." Um, but he didn't. He didn't get the chance, which was disappointing. But um, yeah, so enjoying that. Um, it's it's better seeing Dexter in his native land than as the dodgy mank that he was in Safe, which I finished and thought was, you know, quite good. It was it was very, very, um, in, in a similar style to another Harlan Coburn drama that I watched a couple of years ago now, probably. Um, but, yeah, enjoying those three things this month is what I've been doing. When it comes to Dexter, I think my I never actually finished or watched season one. I watched it when John Lithgow joined in season four and went back and did two and three and then watched it to the end. And you probably don't need to watch much after four or five. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. It seems to be the case, you know, like season five seems to be like the death, you know, all the good stuff that gets to season five, any stuff that's not as great goes beyond season five. And it's, they ruin it after that. In season four, they both won um, Golden Globes or Emmys, um, Michael C. Hall and John Lithgow for their performances. It was the only time they actually won any awards for this show. And John yes. Lithgow is by far the best villain you're ever going to see in Dexter. Okay. So, David, what are your three favourite things you watched? Oh, gosh. Um... Oh, we skipped ahead, huh? We didn't do the Netflix, Netflix Amazon stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk. We just did that when we were talking oh. about stuff you'd seen. Oh, okay. I guess I, I had them separated. But, yeah, I don't want to talk about them anyway because they're too long. But real quick, Netflix has a uh, documentary on The Staircase. It's called The Staircase. It's really interesting. I started a couple days ago. I'm already binge-watching, and I'm probably going to watch the rest when I go downstairs. Uh, you know, a guy, his wife was pushed down the stairs and they, somehow, they thought they were going to film everything because it actually goes through the, when he's first talking to his lawyer and goes through the whole thing, he's a real high profile guy of the area and so you have access to like feeling like you're actually in the case. Did he push her down the stairs or did he not? And like, you know, some of the, all the kids are behind him at first and then one of the daughters says, I'm out. I don't, uh, he might have done it. And it's just, it's really interesting. That's on Netflix. And then, uh, Amazon has the man in the high castle, which is my new, uh, you know, banner. I want to let everybody know how great it is. It's been around for a long time, but season three just came in and uh, they may wrap it up i don't know but it's written by philip k dick who uh wrote blade runner it wasn't called blade runner it was called this long name do androids dream of electric sheep uh but they made it into blade runner he also wrote a lot of other things and this is one thing he wrote the man in the high castle the basic premise of it is that we did not win world war ii so the nazis come over to america and they're like stationed in los angeles and everything it's just it's really is that neat. a bit close to home at the minute damien I think so, but it's just if you can get out of the close to home stuff with uh, Senior, my orange friend, then uh, you know, then you watch these uh, these guys, and it's just crazy. You think about 
maybe there is stuff worth fighting for. You know, it's kind of neat, but it's also a love story. So, uh, really enjoying that. Yeah. (laughs) And the girl, the girl is the, uh, I can't think of her name either, but, um, I'm terrible with names. Probably shouldn't have done, made this my hobby, but, uh, anyway, um, she's the same girl that was the Andromeda, I want to say in Clash of the Titans, the remake. You know, she was the main girl. I think that was Andromeda. Uh, so yeah, she's just very pretty girl and very humble and, and it's like a love, it's like a love triangle going on, but it's really, really intense and really cool and really good. So watch that. Now my top three of anything, that's going to be different. Um, what did I do with my blog? Oh, oh, it's down here. Sorry guys. Here I am filling the space. I'll try and delete this. Uh, space but okay here we go darren you may like this for the first time i saw the texas chainsaw massacre 2 no you don't like that no i don't like the texas chainsaw (laughs) massacre movies uh so much fun it's nothing like the first one nothing like the first one very camp very hysterical so i i recommend that one um I watched because we did a Lars von Trier show. That's the oh, show I did no. with Vern. Oh, no. <laughs> what did she say? I already know what's coming up. Melancholia? Oh, no, that's fine. that's fine. No, we watched Melancholia. No, I didn't do Antichrist. Is that the one you didn't like? Oh, God. Oh, we'll have to talk. I'll make you a believer. Not today. But I'll make you a believer one day. That's a wonderful uh, film about about grief. You know, it's better better movie about grief than Hereditary. Well, there was there was no no. The, the, if, <laughs> you if have to know a few film, things about it. Yeah. If Antichrist had ever been done in like a three D screening, like it had took your eye out. There was oh, there was God. far too much on show of some people in that film. That's what I It's say. brutal. It's a brutal film. Not not for beginners to Lars von Trier for sure. It helps going in, knowing the way he does things. But one day we'll talk about that. I think you might like it. Um, no. Melancholia was similar to that. Uh, and I, I, It seems to be the theme of the day, talking about nudism. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been on this podcast for, what, 110 episodes? I've never talked about nudity, I swear to God. But, you you uh, just it was decided nice. to talk about a large yeah. chin. The same guy that directed two movies called <laughs> Nymphomaniac. <laughs> Oh, those, uh, they're not my favorite, but they're, they're good too. Um, no, they're not. <laughs> Boring. But they're not, yeah, they're not about, you know, sec- wild sex necessarily. They're more about um, addiction and things. But anyway, I wanted to say a melancholia. If you're a fan of the first three Spider-Man and you know Mary Jane, so, you know, she's naked in melancholia. Thank you. No, um, she's wonderful. She does a great job. Just one small part. She's, she's naked, but um, Melancholia is about depression, really, I think. Uh, but it's one of those movies that's open to interpretation, and I'm so excited to tell you both because, you know, we talk once a month now, but, like, my new thing now is movies that are open to interpretation, and I'd probably drive Darren crazy, but... um I, Eesh. <laughs> I, I'd also say your new thing is nudity in movies, and that, but that's not new. It's just I, private. Been I private do remember now. like two months ago when me and Kira were interested in seeing a movie called Deadpool Two. <laughs> you said that was thirteen-year-old boy humor. You're the and one his, who wants to go and see the, a movie. She's the girl from V. Boots. 
See, I don't know people's names. I just know what they're from. She's from V, and she's smoking hot, and they killed her off. What the hell? (laughs) She's still alive. (laughs) What the hell? So anyway, uh, Melancholia is really an interesting film. Read about it first. Don't don't, don't read spoilers, but read a couple critics about it first, and then I think you'll really enjoy it. It's about two planets colliding... um, and you can Earth. see them as they're coming in. Did you see it, Darren? It's Earth colliding with that mythical one that's meant to be on the right. other side it's of the sun that we cannot see. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that one. And then the last one I saw, there's others, but I'll just keep it on these three favorites. Uh, 21 Grams, I finally saw. You seen that, Darren? Never finished it. Got bored. Yeah, it's one of those thoughtful ones. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Naomi Watts is great. Oh my god, now I think about it, she's naked. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't plan this, people. Uh, no, but it's not why it's a good movie. It's a great movie because um, 21 grams does not mean drugs. I thought it did. But 21 grams apparently means when people die, they lose, at the moment of death, they lose 21 grams of their weight. And so the poetry of the film is these three stories that come together uh you know looking at different reasons why people pass and why people give their lives and why people die and that way the weight of it is when they die is 21 grams and then it says what is left behind and it really kind of makes you think about making your life you know just what is it going to matter not making it matter but just what would your life matter and i'm happy to say that i'd have a lot of podcasts to leave behind that no one will listen to <laughs> seriously it's a good just, movie just delete your internet history please <laughs> it's a good movie though seriously so there What's you that? have it for me okay well mine's a more conventional list of two movies because I happen to be doing an Ed Norton weekend which two does Kira think I've picked Fox that's World gonna be and American History X well one out of two ain't bad it is Fight Club. It's only the second time I've actually ever watched Fight Club. And it is a lot more interesting to watch when you know the twist. Like, first time I watched it, didn't have a clue. But again, it's still just as brutal as you imagined. And every scene feels different when you know that twist that's coming. So I enjoyed that just as much as I did the first time. The second one is actually Primal Fear. I do oh, yeah. like my political sort of courtroom thrillers. Not really a political one, but courtroom thrillers. And this does everything you want in a courtroom thriller. And again, it's got a twist that you do not see coming with his debut acting performance as well. Yeah. I just, I could sit and watch that one probably more than Fight Club, but that's just because courtroom films seem to make me happy at the moment. <laughs> Don't know why. Maybe it's so I can get myself off a crime or two. Never mind. <laughs> and my my third film is going to be a little known indie film which I watched called Murder no, Minutes Till Midnight which is a pretty much just a slasher movie, it has a Baldwin brother in it and not a very famous one it has William in it yeah it's probably the fourth most famous Baldwin brother I don't know, it's him or Daniel with the worst Stephen's the crazy one Alex the president so 
And it's just about a group of people who go to the woods or ski resort and get picked off by serial killers or monster people. Yeah, you know, we like a slasher movie. I like a slasher movie. And it just ticked all the boxes. And I think people should be trying it when it comes out in early July. But that's I'm gonna... interested in serial the serial killer part of it. The Baldwin people, eh, kind of bore me. All right, he's only uh, majorly credited because he is probably the most famous person in the movie. Oh, um, it's one of them where you've got the big star that you can sell the movie on. Or bigger. I think I'm more interested in Matt Dillon in uh, the house that Jack built by Lons- Lars von Trier. Why does he get his boobs out as well? (laughs) (laughs) No, but he disfigures his victims and decorates his house with them. Just watch I Saw the Devil if you want to see a crazy psychopathic serial killer movie. You will never want to see one ever again after that movie. I've heard that's tame. Try it and see what you think. I will. I picked my... my, uh... You know, closed caption subtitle films very carefully. And I keep seeing that one and thinking, I need to do it. But it, someone said it was tame. So if you say it's worth watching, I'll probably go for it. It's very, very clever. But that is going to be everything from our July episode. Let us know which ones you want to see and why anyone other than Damien wants to see Mamma Mia too. <laughs> And you can let us all know on our Twitter or websites. So you can find Kira at filmtv101.wordpress.com and on Twitter at filmtv101. And Damien, we can find you everywhere. Yeah, really, I have too many things. Uh, really, two. Um, at Twitter on Riley on Film, uh, I showcase what I do, but mostly my written reviews. And then at Twitter on the DR podcast is my podcast where I've been exploring my own thing over there. And you can find me at moviesreview101.com and on Twitter at newguyreview101, where I'm sure I can get into a few debates about movies, which seems to happen (laughs) quite a lot more often than it should do on there nowadays. But what are you lot looking forward to in August? And will we talk about it? That is going to be your question, listeners. But until next time, thank you all for listening. And we're all going to say goodbye in two normal accents and Damien's. Mm-hmm. Willkommen. No, that's welcome. Sorry. Uh, our feet are saying. <laughs> yeah. Bye, everyone. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> I'm here all week. Just kidding. And we're out then.